Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the writer and director for The Pale Blue Eye, Scott Cooper. Is it true you once solicited a confession with nothing more than piercing look with enough patience a suspect will often interrogate himself detective landor one of our cadets hanged himself last night that's the matter for the coroner i'm afraid that's not the end of it it's hard was carved from his chest. What type of fella could do this? You'd have to be a bad man. Needed to decipher this. Rumor has it there are instructions for immortality. Someone there? Discreetly infiltrate the cadets. What is this? Blood, symbols, rituals. Oh my lord. Man will do most anything to cheat death. Where are the facts? Where are the simple facts? The truth! I believe the dead haunt us because we love them too little. No close to finding who's responsible for this than we were a month ago. We are closer. It's only a matter of time. Scott Cooper, first of all, uh, pleasure to be speaking with you uh, because I've been a big fan of your work over the last however many years it's been now at this point. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, absolutely, and uh, here with the pale blue eye. Uh, the first thing I want to first start off by asking is, you've now worked with Christian Bale a number of times. What is it about your relationship that keeps you both coming back to one another? And how on this project did you both decide that you were going to challenge one another uh, differently than your previous collaborations? Yeah, thanks for noticing that collaboration. Uh, I really value it and 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 I'm grateful that uh, when I write for an actor like Christian that he says yes. <laughs> uh, over the course of uh, 12 years uh, that we've been making films together, our, our off-screen relationship has really deepened, and uh, he's my closest pal. We spend a lot of time together, uh, so he's easy to write for, uh, but we also share uh, 
sensibilities. Uh, we like the same kind of material. We both become obsessive about uh, certain um, subjects. And we both like to be challenged not only with material in making a different film each time out, but the material, whether for me it's kind of an epic scope film, for him it's it's where it might take him uh, as a character and something that, that maybe feels like a piece of our work, but something different every time, whether he's playing a, a brother who's avenging uh, his brother's death in a, a Rust Belt drama or... Uh, a hardened uh, army captain who was um, escorting a group of uh, Cheyenne home from New Mexico to, to Montana and, and understands on the course of uh, that journey in hostiles that uh, how wrong he was about them. And then, of course, here in, in The Pale Blue Eye. But uh, Christian has the ability to, to, to play both very contemporary parts as well as uh, period pieces, which not mm -hmm. a lot of actors can do. And for my 10 bucks, he's the best actor working. Yeah, he's definitely one of the best actors we have. Uh, I mean, I always say all the time, we're so lucky to be alive during the time when he's around. It's uh, oh, yeah. it's amazing. He never turns in the same performance uh, either. Every, everything's always different. And that's something about you too that I find to be uh, captivating. And a big reason I think I'm a huge fan of your work is that you too never repeat yourself in terms of the types of stories or the genre that you are working within. Uh, you mentioned uh, even just a second ago, Rust Belt drama, a Western. Uh, here with the pale blue eye, you've got like kind of like a gothic psychological uh, thriller. And you had just done a horror movie last year with uh, Antlers. And so you're, you're all over the place with your uh, projects. Can you just talk about, is that a deliberate choice and just never wanting to repeat oneself yeah it's, it's very deliberate I think I'm always best when I'm uh, when I'm on uncertain and shaky ground I think it, it pushes me mm -hmm. um, so often you see filmmakers make the same film over and over and over and and I would uh, become terribly bored with that uh, as well as that um, when you make a film and you also write it which is kind of a lonely existence but when you make a film you're away from your family for very long stretches of time wrapping yeah. the film shooting the film and then editing the film and quite frankly it better be something that challenges you or that you want to make otherwise you've missed a great deal in your life so i'm very careful with what i choose i do try not to repeat myself and i think because of that a certain type of actor is attracted to the films that i want to make and 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 i'm you know incredibly uh, grateful and lucky that i get to work with some of the best who ever existed Absolutely. And this here uh, being uh, based on a novel, The Pale Blue Eye, came out a couple of years ago, I believe in the early 2000s or so. How did you come across the source material and what about it spoke to you to say, hey, this is the next one? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, um, I spent my formative years. I was born in the state of Virginia, much like Poe, where he lived after mm -hmm. he was adopted. I spent time in Richmond with the um, benefactor John Allen, where, which he takes his name. My father taught English and literature, and he introduced me to the novel. He said, hey, this is there was a lot of Poe around my house as a kid, a lot of yeah. his work. My dad said, this is a really clever novel um, where Poe, a young Poe, 
an unformed Poe is at the center of uh, a detective story, something he bequeathed to us. I read it and I thought, I read it just for pleasure, but then I thought, my God, this would make for a really compelling film because we're so entrenched in what we think Poe is, mm -hmm. someone who's obsessed with death and anxiety and, and the occult and the satanic, and someone who bequeathed to us very dark, macabre, gothic fiction. But here I'm saying this is a Poe origin story, and this is essentially someone who, who over the course of the two hours of this film, becomes inspired to write the novels and short stories and poetry that he wrote. So this is really kind of a Poe origin story for me, and that's what attracted me to it, as well as someone whose work I had been uh, a fan of from a young age. Absolutely. And you said before you wrote the part with Christian in mind. I'm going to take a wild guess here and say that the part of Edgar Allan Poe was, all right, we're going to hold some auditions and we're going to see who's right. Well, that's right. But as soon as I saw Harry Melling in The Ballad mm -hmm. of Buster Scruggs, uh, the Coen Brothers anthology, I knew that I had found my Edgar Allan Poe. I sent him the screenplay. He loved it. He was so gracious to audition for me. I, yeah. I was blown away by his audition. I sent it to Christian and Christian uh, uh, said to me, why look any further? That's our guy. Great. I love that. I think he gives a, a revelatory performance in this film. I really, really enjoyed him in this too, I have to say. And he's been an actor that I've always been so curious about for a number of years now, waiting for someone to recognize uh, his greatness, because I think he's just such a phenomenal character actor. Oh, he's remarkable and has such a great face. And he really embodies uh, the essence and the spirit of, of young Poe, someone who was warm and witty and humorous and and prone to poetic and romantic musings, but somebody who also is quite vulnerable and and who's lost and is looking for someone in his life. And he finds that in Augustus Landor. Yeah. You're no stranger to working in period films. A number of your films are set in the past. Can you talk right. to me about like the challenges that one goes through today and just seeking finance and just getting these types of films even produced in today's modern landscape? Yeah, they're, they're trickier. They're certainly more difficult to get made than something contemporary. And, and I think the more spandex and lycra and the more uh, glass that breaks and concrete that falls from the sky, the easier it is to get your movies made. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been incredibly fortunate, uh, certainly in this case, that Netflix uh, uh, really supported this film from its uh, as soon as they read the screenplay. But it is tougher, and 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 the challenges are it's sometimes more expensive to make the film because mm -hmm. um, of uh, uh, just recreating 1830 as I do in uh, 1830 Hudson Valley as I do here, or 1892 uh, American West and Hostiles, or in Black Mass, the Boston era of 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's that's expensive especially if you want to do it with uh uh with with fine and great uh detail but um it's getting tougher and tougher because people are either staying home and, and waiting for movies to to come to streaming yeah um or because of the pandemic their uh older adults are, are a little more timid about being in that space or they've become ingrained in watching films at home my hope mm -hmm. is that Films like Top Gun and Avatar and Black Panther really remind people, this is what you're missing mm -hmm. in cinema. Please come back out because there's nothing like it. Yeah. So would you say that Netflix in a way like saved like this film? Uh, oh, sure. I mean, well, if there were once I uh, Christian and I decided we wanted to make it in, in, in with all candor, we we then I my agents took that out to the town, as they say. And there were <laughs> a lot of people who bid on the film and who wanted it. Uh, but Netflix made an offer that uh, we couldn't refuse. And I'm thankful because they were incredible partners. And um, 
and allowed me to make the film that I've wanted to make for over a decade. So you just mentioned before that you love challenging yourself. What can we expect to see from you in the future? Is there a genre that you haven't tackled that you want to? Well, I, I, I don't know that it will be next, but I certainly love the noir genre. Uh, I happen to look out of my house and, and see palm trees here in Los Angeles, and I'm reminded of what uh, Raymond Chandler once said, which was, behind every palm tree is a dirty little secret. Love it. Well, thank you once again, Scott. Really appreciate the time man, here today. Thank you so much, man. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writer and director for the film The Pale Blue Eye, Scott Cooper, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. The Pale Blue Eye is currently available to stream on Netflix. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.